Hey, welcome to the show. Daver here. What's up? This guy's Chad. And Chandler's back as well. Happy holidays, everyone. How was your holidays, Dave? Well, you know, real chill. I didn't have to uh, work. That was a plus. Uh, yeah, not not uh, anything to complain about. Uh, how about you two, Chandler? How about or Chandler specifically? I had a great time. Uh, I went back to my parents' house for a couple days, stayed the night with them. They have these lovely beagle puppies, so it was nice to spend a lot of time with them because I can't have pets in my house. Um, and then aside from family and lovely holiday, eating a bunch of good food, there was an excellent collision episode on a Saturday that I got to watch. We're not really going to talk about it tonight, but I do want to get that in there, that the collision episode they had on the 23rd, one of the best episodes of AEW we've seen so far. Just had to throw that out there. But Chad, how was your holidays? Oh, it was nice, quiet. I had to work a lot, but I managed to take some time off and uh, mostly uh, hung out, played some video games, and uh, practiced up on the uh, the bass guitar and uh, hung out with um, our guest host that pops up every now and then, the, uh, the crazy black dog that you see. Uh, how about you, Dave? What would you do? Well... I actually made pizza uh, at home. Uh, took a uh, recipe that uh, I really like, a nice vegan dough. And uh, yeah, pulled that off. I got a, uh, a stone for my oven and uh, turned out great. Yeah, really, really enjoyed the day. Uh, got all medicated and uh, yeah, enjoyed it. <laughs> Nice. Did you do a cauliflower crust or like an almond crust for that vegan pizza? Because I used to do cauliflower crust when I was on keto. Uh, no, I do the, the all the gluten. I'm, uh, I get uh, like bread flour <laughs> and uh, it really helps uh, build the gluten. A uh, little more density, a little more texture. Um, but yeah, they make a really good uh, vegan honey uh that they have uh at uh the old fred meyer out here in the pacific northwest mm-hmm. uh yeah it's pretty good stuff i really can't tell the difference uh but yeah really great holiday um yeah i worked christmas eve uh till about six and yeah had a good good holiday uh yeah, really good episode of Dynamite. Uh, I'm going to say Collision was uh, in rare form, but Dynamite, not bad either. Uh, Continental Classic wrapping up with our three-way triple threat match. Swerve, Moxley, and uh, Jay White. And then we got Brian Danielson and... Eddie Kingston battling it out for the finals. Uh, woo. Yeah, we uh, we got a real treat. Uh, are you two feeling any kind of impending doom that the tournament is ending? And how are they going to make AEW television as captivating? <laughs> well... I think I've been saying it the entire time with this tournament is that I'm having such a great time and I know I'm not going to be satisfied with the end result because I don't care about the triple crown. So I've been face level head down loving this tournament like this, not thinking ahead. 
So no, I have not been thinking about how AEW is going to make their TV as excellent as it has been. Because even with these Continental Classic matches, it's not like every episode's been a banger. It's been like, oh, there's been some truly banger matches, but there's still little duds. And even this Dynamite, you know, both of the Classic matches, both of the finals, awesome. Great matches. But everything else is kind of so-so, kind of, like, there was a lot of, like, oh, jamming stories, jamming stories, jamming. Like, we got matches to book. Like, what are we doing? And I know AEW is not great about booking stories. And with Kenny Omega's um, illness, he was taken out suddenly. But I kind of wish it was a little bit more spread out. Like, we'll get to that when we talk about Dynamite. But what did you think, Chad? Or what are you feeling? Uh, it, it was kind of the, the episode itself was a roller coaster, but, um, I'm hoping some of the momentum they get the, from the spinoff of this, like Andrade, uh, Jay White, who we'll talk about soon. Um, I don't know. I, I'm hoping that some of the momentum that these guys like, cause some of these guys are really, like, really, I feel like they're, they helped elevate cause of this tournament. So I hope they carry that momentum forward and it doesn't just kind of, Kind of like uh, it happens in the WWE that um, uh, usually that lull this time of year where you're kind of waiting for the Royal Rumble kind of doesn't happen to AEW and just kind of gets into like sort of a, a bit of a slog. Because um, I feel like coming out of this um, tournament, there they should have a ton of momentum. Like they've, in my opinion, you know, Daniel Garcia, uh, you know, they just built up a ton of stars. Like let's let's keep that going. You could make a story yeah. about out of any of these 12 guys, not just the winners, not just the big losers. Like, I think Daniel Garcia is probably one of, like, top two, top three most interested or most interesting people to me out of this tournament just because of his humongous win over Brody King. Gosh, I loved that so much. And then, like, that segment was so great for me because I loved, oh, it makes sense that House of Black would come out and then, FTR come out, they saved them, and you know, they've been talking about, oh, no one's gonna save you, FTR, no one's gonna love you, and then Danny Garcia's gonna save them. That's like that's all you gotta do to set it up is like, oh, FTR saved them this one time. Now Danny Garcia's gonna start looking out for them. That's how he starts like I I I have some faith in that they've done such great storytelling. I think they can keep a bit of this momentum. But you never know. I like that you bring up FTR. Are we getting an FTR match on the pay-per-view? I didn't even think about that. Because it... I feel like if they add one more match, it'll be FTR and Garcia versus House of Black. I think that'll be the last little match they add in. So maybe when we do predictions, ooh, ooh, later, not in the not in the dynamite episode, but later, um, maybe we'll add that. Something to think about. Yeah, yeah. Um, right now, uh, feeling a little left out for FTR. Um, but yeah, I uh, enjoyed the episode of Dynamite. Uh, anything with a Continental Classic match will uh, get me get me a going. Um, yeah, they, uh, started off right off the bat with, uh, the, uh, Continental Classic Gold League Final Triple Threat. Um, 
I didn't know it until the match began that there were going to be a no DQ, no time limit match. Uh, that made it uh, another level more interesting to me. Uh, yeah, John Moxley versus Swerve versus Jay White. Uh, the top three gold league competitors. Uh, yeah, right off the bat, uh, Swerve rolls up Moxley. Uh, then Swerve and Mox throw Jay White over the barricade, and Mox throws Swerve over the barricade. Uh, Swerve hits a running knee to Mox while he's sitting in a chair. They fight in the crowd for quite a while. Uh, Jay White takes out John Moxley's knee with a chop block. Uh, Jay White suplexes Moxley into a chair on the floor. Jay White goes back and forth to Moxley and Swerve. I really liked that tactic. That uh, really reminded me of playing a video game where you're you gotta win in a three-way match. You gotta take one guy out, run to the other guy. Go back to the other guy till you get the win. I really love the dynamic. I really loved uh, how they, you know, brought that into the match. Every every man had to do that. Uh, not as much Moxley, who basically was hurt with the uh, the knee, the chop block for uh, most of the match. Uh, but at one point, uh, Moxley flips off Swerve. But Swerve bites uh, Moxley's little finger. Uh, Swerve hits a diving a frog splash to uh, Moxley and White. Uh, Swerve then dives on Moxley, but Moxley does a paradigm shift for a two count. Uh, Jay White hits Moxley with a chair on the back, the knee, the shoulder. Uh, Jay White rolls in the ring and Swerve rolls him up for a 2.999. Uh, Swerve does a house call to Jay White. Uh, we get Swerve doing a power slam and a 450 splash to Jay White. Uh, we get a cover, but Moxley breaks it up. Uh, even during picture in picture, they were chopping the crap out of each other, giving each other German suplexes. Uh, Moxley does a really nice cutter. Uh, they're each punching, each punch for a kick, for a chop, for an arm blow. Uh, yeah, they were just, every man had an answer for every hit. Uh we get a rear bulldog choke to Jay White. Uh, Swerve hits Moxley with the house call. Jay White ends up hitting a blade runner to Moxley. Uh, and Swerve breaks up the pin uh, out of nowhere. We get Jay White hitting Moxley and Swerve with a chair repeatedly. Jay White set up a chair in the turnbuckle. Uh, Jay White tries to slam Swerve head first, but uh, Swerve reverses and actually slams Jay White's head first into the chair. Uh, we got Swerve doing a pin attempt, uh, holding the tights of John Moxley for two. Uh, they literally slap the shit out of each other. Uh, we get a big lariat. 
to John Moxley. Swerve goes for the uh, big swerve stomp, but Jay White pushes him off the top rope. Uh, Moxley reverses the Blade Runner into a big lariat, and we get the Death Rider for the win. John Moxley uh, going to the final. Uh, yeah, kind of saw that coming. Uh, the whole Keith Lee uh, situation spoiled our swerve dream of winning. Uh, same thing with Andrade and Miro. I would say this worked out well for me because it's, I want Swerve to win everything but this tournament and this title because, like, this is so weird. I feel like it's beneath him where he's at right now. Like, if he gets this title, this world title, within about a few months, like, I'm saying by revolution, but let's just give it six months. That's like you need to capitalize on his momentum right now, of all things. But oh, to talk yeah. about what were you saying? Oh. oh yeah, no, you had that um, that little brief face to face with uh, MJF, and it's like that's the feud right there. Like this is the dude that needs to take the title off MJF. Well, we'll see about that. Things are looking a little testy with that. But just for this match first, I thought it was a banger. Not the match of the night. I did like the other Continental Classic match a bit more, but this was so good. Uh, and then one, like, my favorite parts, they all had to do with Swerve. Of course, you already mentioned it, where Mox flipped him off and Swerve bit his finger. I thought that was great. And then Swerve hit this awesome 450 onto Jay White. And before he could even pin him, Mox hit a stomp on him. Like, that was just such great synergy. Like, boom, 450, boom, big stomp. This reminded me, just for like half a second, about the big... Um, there's a classic triple threat with Cena, Rollins, and Lesnar at a Royal Rumble a few years ago. And for a while, I was like, oh, Mox is the Lesnar in this because he'll be taken out for a bit. He'll be sleeping on the outside. And then... Oh, he comes back in and he just starts running shit and he starts taking over. And that's like, that's great. This was an excellent triple threat. And before we, before I pass it on to Chad, this is just how WWE does things. If it's ever a triple threat, it's always no DQ, no count out. So I always kind of figured that does AEW sometimes do triple threats without like with count outs. Oh. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Not that I could remember. I I've just like, never paid attention to that. <laughs> I think those triple threats need it because there's always going to be like a minute where it's two guys one on one and you just need some guy to sleep out on the outside or even Jay White getting the chair is like a bit of a level leveling the playing field. I thought that was excellent. What did you think, Chad? Yeah, I mean, look at all three guys in the swerve Mox, Jay White, like, you knew it was going to be good. But uh, for me, like the real shining star was Jay White. He just looked so confident, so in control. Like he, I actually for a minute had myself convinced that Jay White was going to win. Like he looks so good. Um, kind of starting to sound like Chandler here as a Jay White apologist, but uh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's one of the guys who I want to see come out of this tournament, like elevated because you know, he was kind of doing that sort of goofy, hapless heel there was with the Bullet Club Gold, but the version of him in this tournament was something special. And uh, I hope we can get more of that version of Jay White because, you know, Smurve, yeah, he's friggin' awesome. Mox is Mox, but for me, like seeing this Jay White, like this is the one I've heard about in uh, New Japan who's like 
people are nuts over and we hadn't really seen them yet so uh yeah i hope that comes out but yeah great match uh cool spots um we'll talk about it in a bit but uh swerve's post interview was also something special but uh, we'll get to that so stay tuned uh how about you david did you have any other thoughts on this um no i mean other than uh yeah i mean jay white came out of this looking like he you know he'll he'll be aw world champion eventually sooner than later <laughs> for real um but uh yeah moxley had to uh had to take that i wanted the uh this is kind of the uh therapeutic pay-per-view we're gonna get the keith lee swerve resolved we're gonna get the moxley kingston resolved i like that kind of theme of it we're gonna finish unsettled stuff uh yeah really really enjoy that part of it um but yeah um looking looking forward to uh eddie and mox um after that we get a little recap of collision kind of the takeaway uh danielson uh versus claudio was a draw eliminating claudio um and kingston beat andrade uh Man, what a match. <laughs> what a match. I like how they shook hands to, to start it off, but things kind of broke down <laughs> at one point. Uh, yeah, it was uh, pretty great. Um, after that, we get Tony Schiavone uh, immediately backstage with Swerve and Nana. Uh, Swerve says... Uh, <laughs> He's got no time to rest, no time to gather his thoughts. Uh, he couldn't even get a towel. He's sweating. His arm is falling off. Uh, when he said uh, the Continental Classic is breathing life and was an injection into the wrestling business, uh, he meant that shit. Uh, he said he's the best. Uh, said he didn't get pinned. Jay White got pinned. Good point. Uh, he calls out Keith Lee. He says, uh, you want me? Guess what? Uh, guess what? I ain't got nothing to do in Long Island, December 30th. Yeah, I'll be there. Is he going to be there? Huh? Huh? <laughs> uh, Tony Schiavone, uh, gives Swerve and Nana a contract from Keith Lee and Swerve says, uh, we'll see if he shows up on Saturday. I have a feeling he will. <laughs> well, they announced the match, so I sure hope he does. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I I like it. Um, we're going to get to our prediction episode uh, relatively uh, soon after this podcast. But uh, yeah, I'm... Uh, really looking forward to that i think uh i don't know i don't know we might get a little uh a little bit of a spoiler on that uh, uh an upset i think <laughs> you think so you think you think I, keith I'm... is walking away with that 
only due to some shenanigans. Okay, we'll get to that with the predictions. You better watch. <laughs> um, but oh, uh, so when they when they threw up the graphic of uh, of uh, Mox versus the winner of the ne- of uh, Brian Danielson and uh, man, I keep still almost calling him Daniel Bryanson. Right. And then, uh, Come back. Right. Come back to WWE versus Eddie, and uh, I'm like looking at it. I'm like, I really don't care who gets that. Like either match would have been awesome, but uh, man, Swerve's got it. Like he's just we throw him on the ca- on the camera, and he's just captivating. Even this that quick backstage stage segment, and I was just I was ho- enthralled. Uh, yeah, we need he needs to be the the first black champion in AEW and and soon. Like, holy crap! Give yeah, give it to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I uh, uh, I like how that they added that to the pay per view. They got that out of the way again. A uh, little bit of uh, therapy. <laughs> uh, very, very satisfy, uh, for sure. Um, cool, yeah. After that, we get Renee Paquette with Mariah May. Um, she said uh, her hitting Rio with the belt was not an attack. It was her supporting uh, Tony Storm. Uh, Twenty twenty three doesn't have the best energy for her debut uh not enough glamour uh so her debut will be next week on dynamite uh 2024 is all about mariah she said um, she did it we can all go home <laughs> uh Riho's music hits uh she comes out chases mariah to the ring Tony Storm comes out, uh, totally uh, misses her belt shot to Riho. Luther ends up saving Tony Storm by grabbing her in his arms, but Riho hits a crossbody on Tony and Luther while she's in his arms. Uh, Riho stands tall with the belt. Um, I'm going to do a little go home Steiner math on that. She ain't winning that belt. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think this is all building to next week's Dynamite. Because uh, who do you guys think Mariah May's opponent is? Because I have a prediction, but I want to know what you two think. Ooh. Tony Storm. I think it's I think it's the winner of World's End. I think she'll she's getting a title shot, and I think she's gonna win. Ooh, bold prediction! I, Feel I figured- it. I figured they just give her like a warm up thing, like she get to wipe the floor with uh, Ruby or something. I think the fact that every time Renee goes like, "Oh, who is it?" and she just is like drops her uh, persona and is just like, "Man, you ask a lot of questions, bitch!" Like I think they're <laughs> building to something on purpose. Like she's like, "Oh, I love Tony. She's the best." And then it's like, "Who's your match gonna be?" And it's like, "It's." you and she'll clobber her with the title and get an easy win and boom new women's champ um i can't say i'm for or against that as long as tony storm keeps her gimmick i think i'm fine and if mariah may can have a good match and have a good run of course i'm fine but 
I'm still intrigued. I like Mariah May. I wonder where she'll go. I thought she would wrestle tonight because it kind of looked like, not tonight, last night, because it kind of looked like wrestling gear, but not the case. For me, I'd love for her to do the, you know, the, be the first one out and who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And then, you know, you wait for that music hit and then Jamie Hader's music play comes. That would be fun. I wasn't even thinking about I that. Miss, I miss Jamie Hader. She, she's one of my favorites. That would be electric. Yeah, she... Maybe it's like Britt Baker. Someone hasn't been around for a while. Uh, Valkyrie. Yeah. Hasn't been around yeah. for a while. <laughs> yeah, Jamie Hater's yeah, the good has... shout. Jamie shout. Jamie Hater's the best shout. I haven't even seen her, but everyone is like, "Yeah, she breathed life into the women's division. She was the best part." So I'd love to see her. Yep. Yeah, yeah she had a uh, a shoulder thing. Do you remember? Was that it? A shoulder injury? Yeah, yeah it was her shoulder. Yeah, we need her back. <laughs> Damn it. Um. Cool, yeah. So uh, after that, we get Action Andretti and Top Flight backstage. They want a challenge and uh, a new trios team. Uh, Orange Cassidy walks up. He's like, okay, Rampage Friday. Kind of the same thing that happened with Rocky Romero. Um, So yeah, they're going to. They're going to do the thing on Rampage. Oh, yeah. Rocky Romero says, he did that to me last week. <laughs> I like that part. I take it Rocky um, Romero didn't win. What? Weird. Um, Spoilers. What do you think I was going to watch that. What do you all think about seeing that inner... Not intercontinental. <laughs> yes. International. Yes, Free time. Every time. Uh, International title around Jay White's waist. Yes. 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 100%. Yes. My booking. I want them to have gold. Their Bullet Club gold. And I hate to say it, as much as I love the acclaimed, they're not doing anything with those titles. So you need to have like some big, like acclaimed Bullet Club gold, give uh, Juice and the Guns the trios, and then Jay White the International. Dude. Do I'm it. Not out there. Book it, Chandler. I would if I were there. I'm not. <laughs> Tony Khan thinks it's okay uh, to have OC on Rampage and the acclaimed nowhere. Apparently, that's what we're booking. Yeah, basically. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. How about the uh, action Andretti inhaling that water bottle? More like action Hydretti, am I right? Oh, oh, I didn't come up with that. I didn't come up with that. That's not mine. That's not that... mine. Oh, okay. I, okay. I want to say, I think I they like... said it themselves or like they said it on like Twitter or something, but it is funny. Just okay. Our thumbnail action Andretti with like a blue water filter over it. <laughs> That's it done screw the continental done. classic screw whatever mjf stuff it's action hydretti he beat jericho okay he did he can we get to the jericho did. segment can we get to the jericho, jericho segment? segment oh can we get there that was my favorite part it was so <laughs> bad not kenny like not golden jets bad but i was dying 
it for me it bordered on me so bad it's good like can't like watching a bad campy movie be like this is trash but i kind of love it oh i loved those paintings i loved those are so good i want them in my house they'll probably sell them as posters could you imagine just boom 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 all four of them but the Takeshita one was dope i love those tattoos we'll get to that we're not there yet we're spoiling um, the viewers they're going to sell them they sold the uh don Callis uh kenny ripped do you know that one yeah i mean i'm sure i've seen it i've seen a lot of them but yeah this is kind of a re- reoccurring thing well i, <laughs> that he I does. love I love the Last Supper on the Titan Tron they have, where he's at the middle yeah. and it's all of them. I love that so much. It's so funny. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, so after that, we get uh, kind of a quick uh, teaser. Christian Cage, uh, Mama Wayne, and Nick Wayne are patiently waiting backstage for Adam Copeland to show up. Um then they cut to commercial. We come back. Uh, we get a recap of the Miro, Andrade, CJ Perry storyline. Um, we're going to get Andrade versus Miro for World's End. Uh, I liked it. Uh, Miro said, I don't pray to God anymore, but you definitely should. I am the Redeemer. Love it. He's back to his poetic brutal character uh gotta have it um yeah uh yeah that should be cool uh do you think cj perry will be recovered from her surgery will she be at world's end i didn't even know she was out she she got surgery oh shit um yeah i hope so it would kind of kind of needed for this match like the whole it's kind of about cj perry it's not because miro says he just doesn't like andrade but it is she's the focal point so i sure hope so yeah they need to have a cj perry on a pole match mm-hmm. a forklift how about that it's very wcw of you chad <laughs> <laughs> uh I, I believe they put like Buff Bagwell's mom on a pole or something? No, something like that. Judy Bagwell, I know all about (laughs) She was involved with something up on a forklift. (laughs) Oh, Judy Bagwell. No, she was one half of the WCW World Tag Team Champions with Rick Steiner, I believe. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, I wonder why they went out of business. I wonder why. David Arquette, (laughs) Vince Russo. Russo. (laughs) A World bit of champions. Bischoff. A little bit of Bischoff. Uh, did did Vince McMahon ever become world champion? Did he do that? Did he sully his Hello. company like that? There's like a couple things. So he won a Royal Rumble, and he won when he brought back ECW. He won the ECW championship, but it's it's kind of yeah. well known that he only brought back the ECW brand so he could like ruin it. Because he was having a bunch of fans chant EC Dub at all his shows, so he's like, "I'll bring it back and kill it, like brutally." So it was like third Raw when it was around. WWE ECW yeah. was great. great. 
Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you're going to have to explain to, uh, probably me and Chandler about this, uh, boxing day we're celebrating, uh, with, uh, Don Callis and boxing family what is... in the Commonwealth, which Canada, UK, the 26th of December is known as boxing day. Uh, which is become Canada's version of like Black Friday, which kind of sucks because it's after Christmas. Uh, but started out as a day of charity. Like, so for Christmas, I got a sweater. I'm going to take this old sweater out of my closet, box it up, and give it to charity. And then somehow it just became stores give you shit for free, cheap, real cheap. Uh, I, I was never, I'm not a really big holiday guy. I never really celebrated it, but it was a big deal to some people. I understood it. I mean, I'm not Canadian. Of course, you would know it better. But from the way, like, my mom told me, she has a little bit more, like, British roots, I guess. Like, old and olden days, it started out as you had your rich families, and they'd have these extravagant dinners. And then the 26th is your servants got to take all that leftover food home to their families. So that's that spirit of giving, too. It's the day after Christmas. You get to box up all your fancy extravagant food and whatever. And the help get to give it to their families but i could be wrong i never verified that (laughs) sounds sounds kind of similar to what i was thinking but yeah Mm -hmm. now like i said now it's just black friday for canada (laughs) gotcha um yeah we get uh the don callis family with the uh brown note uh theme music playing uh we got uh Takeshita yes, on AW Television Chandler. I knew, My boy. I knew, you'd, knew you'd be so happy with his leather bad guy leather jacket. He's not on the pay-per-view, but we'll just we'll just forget about that. Maybe it's a blessing. That was, I, I was gonna bring that up to you. We'll get to that. We'll get to that, but okay. Well, let's um, enjoy the good parts about this segment. <laughs> let's do, let's do. Uh, we get uh, F.U. Callis chants in the crowd. Uh, Don Callis has something important to say. It's been a very difficult two weeks for him. Uh, was that like Rampage related? Uh, why has it been difficult? Have they sure. been losing? I don't I don't know. Well, I don't know. Kyle Fletcher just won a championship like a couple weeks ago. So I wouldn't call that yeah. difficult. Like right. there's a I think they're kind of like forgetting Fletcher on purpose because there was like something where uh spoilers when a certain someone came out and started running down the group, they were like, Hobbs, you did this, Takeshta, you did this, and then he just moved on. And Fletcher was like, Well, what about me? Like, I you know, I just won the like, final. Me? So, <laughs> I do things. Maybe they're like purposefully doing that. And when uh, I always forget his name, Mark Davis. Yeah. Okay. When Mark Davis comes back from injury, he's like, What are you doing? Get back on your feet. You're a champion. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. I don't think that was the rest of the podcast in that accent. No. No. Uh, so uh yeah it's been a rough two weeks for them uh on rampage i guess uh yeah, Kesha took a lot of pins he, it's rough i know rough yeah. for me too 
Um, he needs his family and could not have gone through it without them. Uh, he presents each family member with a portrait, um, all unique in their own little special way. Uh, we get Hobbs and Callus uh, uh, with like a Tupac bandana tied in the front. We got the uh, nice uh, Japanese uh, tattooed Takeshita with Don. Uh, my favorite, though, Fletcher and Don Callis fighting kangaroos. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Had me dying. Um, so he presents every everyone with a uh, portrait. Uh, Don Callis says his family is complete. And then Sammy Guevara's music hits. Sammy Guevara. Uh, and out- Sammy Guevara. And out comes Sammy to the ring. He says, long time no talk, Don. Uh, Don's like, oh, I got a gift for your kid. But, oh, the Canadian Postal Service. <laughs> uh, Don has a painting for Sammy. And it ends up being uh, Sammy holding his baby, surrounded by Don and uh, the rest of the family. Uh, Sammy's mad that he put his baby on the painting. Uh, the crowd shouted, you fucked up. <laughs> you fudged up. <laughs> um Don says Sammy's not mentally capable of being a parent. Uh, Don wants him to choose between the other family or the Don Callis family. If he chooses the wrong answer, he'll be remembered as uh, just as big a failure as a wrestler as he is about to be as a parent. Sammy Guevara did not like that. He ends up pushing Don down. Uh, he gets jumped by the rest of the Don Callis family. And uh-oh, here comes Jericho coming out with uh, Floyd the Bat. Uh, Jericho and Sammy smash the paintings. They uh, have an emotional hug. Um out comes think, Ricky was Starks. That, was and that big... hug as good as uh, Kevin Owens and Sammy? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You saw that, didn't you? You that's... saw that made up. I didn't cry, but oh, it was good. That, this... That's Oh, dude, that stuff, that made me feel things. I like how the hug, we're not even halfway through this segment. There's still <laughs> shit. There's still more shit. <laughs> Sorry to derail it there, Dave. I just had to get that one in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ricky Starks and Big Bill come out. They jump Jericho and Sammy. The lights go out. Uh-oh. Here comes Sting and Darby Allen. They come out. They save the day. Um, all firm, All four men stand tall. What a holy shit moment. Uh, Sting had a match against Jericho at Forbidden Door, right? Never was, teamed with. It was like, um, I can't remember who, but I want to say it was like Darby 
and uh, staying in someone else, maybe Naito against Suzuki and um, yeah. Sex Gods or whatever. That was famously, I've said this before, the only match on Forbidden Door I skipped this year because I started it at midnight and it's a four hour show. And by the time I got to that, I was like, I just want to see Okada and Danielson so I could go to bed. So I was rushing. I, I don't, I did, that was the one match I missed. But this segment, oh my goodness, I was dying at the beginning of it because it's like Don Callis went to whoever he gets these paintings of. I was like, all right, Powerhouse Hobbs, let's just make it super racially offensive. Takesha, same thing. Fletcher, same thing. So, like, those tats, the, Tupac bandana, I was like, I why you can't do that. And then him with the Yakuza tattoos, I was like, you can't do like what? And then I loved when you got to the Australian one, you could just hear Taz go, he doesn't have his tattoos in that one. Like it's just so <laughs> funny, all these little bits. And then Sammy comes out, and I was like, Oh, this is like kind of interesting because this is the first time I'll actually see Sammy Guevara because he's been out with his concussion. And then the second they started beating him down, I was like, oh, there's Jericho's partner for World's End because he's going to come out and they're going to stand tall and they're going to have a tag team match, which didn't happen exactly. But I'm not going to get into everything else, but I don't know if I was saying it on the podcast, but every week I was just kind of being like, wow, there's only like one more pay-per-view until Sting's last pay-per-view and he's not having a match of any kind. But he is, and you know, this is, I think this is by far the match I care the least about coming into the pay-per-view. I think I care about every single other match a little bit more than this. But, you know, Jericho will pin Fletcher and that'll be that. Which is why I was going to say I'm glad Takesh is not in this match because 100% he'd be taking that pin. 100%. So, you take what you can get. What did you think of that segment, Chad? The biggest upside to the segment? No Ric Flair. You could have laid a Silver beat down. Mining. You could have uh, taken hops. It, it it was goofy wrestling stuff. Uh, you know, I uh, I think uh, Sammy and Chris do have actually a lot of chemistry together, so it was kind of cool to see. And it'll uh, they wrestle very well together. So uh, I'm hoping the match itself will be good. Uh, it was goofy. I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, you know, with uh, the weightiness of the uh, the semifinals, it kind of, uh, to me, felt a little um, um, a little out of place, but eh, it was okay. Uh, it wasn't really a high or a low. It was just kind of there. I wish, I almost wish, like, last week they had the painting segment and Guevara came out, was like, oh, this sucks, and then they beat him up and... You know, Don Callis' family stood tall, and then next week, Guevara came out again and is like, Don Callis' family, you suck, and they came out and they beat him up, and then Jericho came out, like, at least a little bit of something. It was like that women's segment we had a few weeks ago where it was, oh, great, Sky Blue and Julia Hart are finally teaming up, but in the same 10-minute segment, Thunder Rosa just came back after a year and a half, and then this one, it's, Oh, okay. Sammy Guevara is back. Sammy left. Sammy Guevara returned. Sammy Guevara left the Don Callis family. He reunited with Jericho. And then Jericho and uh, Guevara made enemies with the tag team champions. And then 
Darby Allen and Sting got involved, like involved. That's five things that happened in this one segment. You could have taken like one of them and put it last week, but you yeah, had all five it, it crammed in. Yeah, it's like it could have just been the the Callus family, and then he could have had Takesha doing some cool stuff. He, like, did it need Starks and Bill? Eh, not really. I would have liked this a little bit more spread out. I'm even fine if the end goal was the eight man tag, but I would have liked this to be spread out a little bit more. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'm with you. Book it, Chandler. Tony Connie emails me. Email me at a. Uh... Uh, grapplesauce.net.yuhu.com. That's our actual email. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I like your idea for sure. That would have, uh, paced it out a little more. Uh, would have made a little more sense now that you put it like that. Five, five developments happened in one segment. Well, like yeah, you said, it, with with like Sting and Jericho just fighting earlier this year, now they're saving each other. Now they're teaming up again. Like sprinkle it out a little bit more, a little bit. Will Jericho be the uh, retirement match? God, oh, don't say that. Why would you say that? I think I'd rather have Ric Flair be the retirement yeah, match. Yeah, don't put that in the little world. Now it's going to happen. It's going to be at least. Oh, oh, oh. There's been a lot of uh, rumbling about Goldberg wanting to do it. Why? I'm fine with You're them okay having... with that? Not the last match. Why would you want I it want... to be... I want Goldberg versus Sting with I mean... Ric Flair in one corner. Bret Hart. I don't know. Diamond Dallas Page in <laughs> Goldberg's Hart. corner. I think Bret Hart can't. I think he signed a big old non-committal deal with WWE. And right after the uh, the double or nothing belt ordeal, I've seen him with the belt where he he's like standing next to it or holding it or whatever. But other he had than it that, like up, up, like look great shot, like great, yeah, really cool. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I'd be cool with Goldberg being it with my WCW, uh, fandom. I think I'd be okay with that. Uh, I mean, I can't really think of anyone other than Darby would be the best retirement match. Um. Yeah, I just didn't really think of like a the right legend other than Goldberg to uh do it. I I think it has to be Darby. I think you have Sting and Darby hang around each other for so long and you not have Sting retirements be with Darby going over, I think it'd be a waste. I like what would you do with Darby afterwards? Like and then if Goldberg is the match and Goldberg wins, what do you do with Goldberg afterwards? Does Goldberg win a title? Do we want that again? Because I can tell you, you don't want not want Goldberg winning a title. We're gonna get the AEW Legends title. No. no. Moving on, Roderick Strong was talking to Lexi Nair. Was swervy one with the bad teeth. That was my favorite part about that segment. Renee. 
talking with Renee. Oh, my bad. Lexi Nair was the Christian Cage segment. That's right. I loved how he went, Renee, Renee, and then went into the most calm, normal voice ever. Uh, that that gold, dude. I, I caught that. Good job, Roddy. You're doing great, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, he has a uh, forensics board showing how he's going to prove that MJF is the devil. Uh, they did a ton of research. And uh, Hangboy, not the devil. Captain Sean Dean, definitely not the devil. Uh, the swervy one with the bad teeth, <laughs> not the devil at all. Uh, <laughs> all... Uh, all roads lead to Max. Uh, Max is the devil. Uh, yeah, he's been he's been preaching. Uh, yeah, love it. I hate to uh, say it. I think I think I do know. I have a big guess. We'll get to that when we get to the devil section of this uh, podcast. I yeah. I think I, I'm I'm finally at my point where I'm like, all right, I think it's this person. Okay. Uh, okay. I need to make a quick shout out to uh, Roddy's mustache game. That thing's on point. It gets better and better. And uh, I also did get a kick out of him reenacting the Charlie Day uh, conspiracy meme. That was pretty good. It's a good way to get uh, get out there to them hip kiddos by uh, doing a meme. Just got to find Pepe Sylvia. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, uh, everyone out there in YouTube land, uh, go ahead and comment. Who do you think the devil might be? Uh, is Roderick Strong correct? Or uh, is he way off? Uh, what do y'all think out there? Um, I think all three of us have a uh, have a, an idea who it might be. Um, Pepsi Man Punk. But yeah. <laughs> uh, he said the thing. Uh, I get to put Punk in the f- thumbnail now. Yes, yes. yes. Punk wins yeah. the Continental Classic. Punk beats Joe at World's End. Punk is the devil. He does it all. Oh, we're gonna get so many clicks now. He's gonna be mm-hmm. in the thumbnail, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's gonna win the Royal Rumble too. He's gonna beat Roman. He's gonna finish his story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, while while you're uh, commenting. Uh, take a quick little second to hit that little subscribe button. Uh, hit that little like button too. Uh, it'll only be like ten ninety nine. Oh, I'm kidding. It'll be free. Uh, yeah, no, no charge. Subscribe. Become a uh, grapple sauce dipper. We're uh, loving what we're doing, and uh, yeah, we uh, we. Uh, are thankful for your support <laughs> on the wings of an angel. <gasps> what was oh, that? Wait, wrong, wrong, wrong commercial. Sorry. Um, was Sarah McLaughlin well, in the although, podcast? Although you do get to see the occasional dog. Ooh, that's a plus. We do. Yeah, yeah. We have that for you. For sure. Um, But cool. Yeah. Um. 
After that, we get the Blue League final for the Continental Classic. Man, the final final actual uh uh match uh between competitors. I'm really uh again, I've got that dread of like I know we've built built stars, we've created stories, but that that tournament empty void in my soul i i need a tournament now i don't care what the hell it is well you can try to replace that with adrenaline in your in soul your soul Ooh, something, something yeah. Cody Cody Rhodes. Rhodes. i mean we're Ooh. not we're not that far from osprey coming into aw so that's something to look forward to um they might reveal the devil yeah. dumpling gang that might be something to look forward to like Imagine Osprey being in that tournament we just witnessed. Next who, year. who would you have take, taken out to put him in? I him and Jay not... White could have probably been interchangeable. I think I think Will Osprey is on such a good run right now. I don't know how you'd have him lose like any of the matches. I'm sure he'd have to, but he maybe Mox? Maybe like have him up. Maybe Swerve keep Swerve completely out of this tournament and like have Osprey in that Swerve role where he gets like only loss he has is a kind of screwy one. Then he gets to the triple threat and he doesn't take the pin, so he doesn't move on. But he didn't really lose. I would I I'd say Swerve as much as I love him and I really loved him in this tournament. I never wanted him to win it. It's beneath him. Maybe not the like just the title, right? The continental the continental champion still doesn't really exist. We still haven't seen it. So, yeah, yeah. Well, like, what happens after the tournament? Does he just like languish on rampage? Don't want that for Swerve. No, like, there's a lot oh. of like, oh, he goes to Ring of Honor, he goes to New Japan, so I won't see Swerve on my AEW. I want to see Swerve on my AEW. Yeah. He's he's the main character now, if you ask me. Like, I, for yeah. a while, for the longest time, I think the main character was Adam Page. Now it's like MJF. But yeah, I think like Swerve's kind of making the case of sort of being the main character of AEW right now. Yeah, without the title, I like that. Yet, just aura, aura. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Kingston, Brian Danielson, uh, banger of a match, man. Brian Danielson's definitely not holding back, uh, after that injury. He's coming out full force for sure. Um, violent, uh, cocky, demeaning. I like that ruthless taunting brian danielson the 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 way he degraded eddie kingston uh you're a bum you hear them they're calling you a bum like oh my god while he's kicking him Woo! this is the most heel i've ever seen brian danielson and i thought he was excellent in this role i mean like my god years and years of this and i know People are going to go, oh, before in Ring of Honor, I didn't watch Ring of Honor. I'm a WWE guy. So I'm thinking Daniel Bryan, the GOAT kid who made his way into the WrestleMania 30 main event. Seeing that guy 
now looking at a guy like Kingston and just calling him a bum, kick him in the head and like rolling out the ring. Cause I really liked in the beginning where Danielson was kind of like rolling out of the ring and he's avoiding Kingston. Cause he knows just like last time, as long as he kind of waits him out, he can outlast Kingston. So that didn't happen, but I liked in the beginning, that was his kind of mindset, but you want to break down the match? I mean, how did it go? What happened? Who won? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right off the bat, Eddie hits a exploder on Danielson. Uh, Danielson rolls out. Uh, Eddie does a tope suicida on Danielson. Um, both their heads hit pretty hard on that. Uh, we get some really loud chops to Danielson on the outside. Um, man, Kingston can chop. He is up there. Uh, they look good. Uh, we get lots of punches and kicking and chops. Danielson ends up hitting a DDT to Kingston on the apron. Uh, that might be the hardest part of the ring. Am I right? Rumor uh, has it. <laughs> I haven't verified. Uh, then we get the the taunting, the degrading kicks to Kingston. Uh, but that only gets uh, Kingston fired up and he uh, jumps up and does another exploder to Danielson. Uh, Kingston goes for a back fist, but Danielson blocks it and Kingston hits a DDT instead. Uh, after that, Eddie chopped Danielson basically to a pulp in the corner. Uh, Kingston goes for an exploder, but Danielson reverses into the LaBelle lock. Kingston is able to get to the ropes. Uh, we get chops followed by leg kicks to Eddie. Eddie Kingston loses his footing. Uh, Eddie comes back and chops Danielson over and over. Uh, Danielson's chest is actually bleeding and bruising and red and looking like hamburger uh kingston hits a northern lights bomb for a 2.99 uh we get a this is awesome chant from the crowd uh danielson's chest is just looking really bad they actually zoom in on it really close i like that uh we get a bazaiku knee to kingston for a two count uh, hammer and anvil elbows from Danielson to Kingston. Uh, Danielson uh, says it's time to kick his head in. And then he proceeds to kick Eddie's head in. Uh, the ref checks on Eddie. Uh, Eddie ends up flipping off Danielson. Uh, Danielson kind of liked it and he smiled. Uh, Danielson goes to charge Eddie Kingston but Kingston hits him with a beautifully timed back fist. Uh, then a half and half suplex. Uh, Danielson gets one kick into Eddie's shoulder, but we get two more back fists from uh, Eddie Kingston, a Kawada style power bomb for the win. Man, oh man, excellent match. Uh, what a roller coaster of emotion. Like, Eddie makes you feel uh, for sure. And I guarantee you, Brian Danielson got 
such a great feeling putting over Eddie Kingston. There's no doubt in my mind that he felt honored to do that for him. What what, what do you feel, Chandler? Do you think I'm? Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Turns uh, In terms of getting over people with the fans, the first thing I wrote down as soon as Kingston's music hit, I wrote down, I think I'm an Eddie Kingston fan now. Like the same way I'm a fan of Roman Reigns, where right now I'm not like buzzing to see what other matches. But when the music hits, they come out. There's just something about them. They're they just got an aura different than everyone else around them, for better or for worse. And so Kingston, especially with this classic, I mean, for me personally, I felt like he was gonna win it all like week three, like as soon as he beat Danielson. But hey. The road they took us on was better than I could have expected. So, hell yeah. I mean, him beating Danielson was perfect. Um, my favorite bits of this match was, um, there was a bit, like, of course, there's lots of chopping in the match, but there was one specific chop where Kingston lays into Danielson. Danielson kind of just squats down. You can see it in his face. He's like, I need a minute. Like, I'm this wrestling champion, wrestling god, and this bum is chopping me so hard. I need to take a breather. Like, oh, so good. Just the way they both sold this match and Kingston at the end where he's stumbling over himself to hit those back fists and he's still doing it. Like, I I was pushing for that Mox and Kingston and then it, like, was building to that. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not because I'm right. It's because that's the right call. Kingston should win this. Like, like I, this match was a banger. It was somehow better than the first match they had. Um, so yeah, I'm very, very much looking forward to Mox and Kingston at the pay per view. How did you feel, Chad? Oh, I loved it. I love how it also built on the history of that first match. Uh, you know, Brian yelling at him about about the middle finger. You gonna flip me off now? Then like later on, he finally does it. He's like, Yeah, I got. It. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, that was great. Uh, Brian Brian selling during that whole thing is the disbelief when uh, Eddie kicked out of the Psycho knee. Like he was like, oh, that shouldn't have happened. The disbelief <laughs> I had when he kicked out of the Psycho yeah. knee. Yeah, I was just like, oh, I because yet again, like Box and Brian, like the more BCC uh, fighting each other, like that would have been great too. So like like you know you, you kind of in your head you're like, well you know story wise this is Eddie's to win, but then in the back of your head like. But is that really gonna happen? Like mm-hmm. I, oh yeah, I was, I, I, uh, big smiles at the end of it. I was just like, that was just one hell of a ride. I didn't care who won, but I'm really happy Eddie did. Yeah, uh, loved the thing, and I also loved what happened next. Uh, what do you think, Dave? Yeah, we're we're uh, we're not done with this uh, little um, segment after the match here we get uh moxley coming out to check on danielson uh moxley and eddie stare each other down uh we get moxley with a microphone um he says says uh eddie uh all i ever asked of you is 100 percent of your best uh for a guy who thinks everyone's against him you got a lot of people who love you uh, he then goes on to really put over Eddie, uh, has a lot of nice things to say about him. Uh, but then he goes on to say, I know you can't beat me. Uh, you know, you can't beat me. 
a couple of years ago i gave you uh gave you the shot of a lifetime and i let you off the hook i let you go out in your shield uh (laughs) i let you die a warrior's death uh kingston uh rips the mic away from moxley says you talked enough um says don't come out here and treat me like your young boy bitch yuda i'm your senpai i broke in before you you're lucky i let you breathe god um the king of the bums is gonna push you god that line freaking got me Mm uh i want a king of the bums shirt now they better be making that uh he says uh he wanted to quit AEW which i didn't really know it got that far when that stuff was going on it was him and guevara getting in a fight punching each other um and mox said you're not allowed to quit we need people like you around to shape the younger guys uh he says i'm going to bust you up and i'm gonna enjoy it <laughs> that's my outline <laughs> and then the music hits i love that uh man what a promo dude it if that like you said off camera earlier chad if that didn't get get you pumped for the pay-per-view you know what 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 could oh yeah you know, if i, if I was really... sitting on the fence about uh about buying this pay-per-view which I think I said it a couple of weeks ago was uh, like, if I wasn't going to review the show, I don't know if I'd be dropping 50 bucks on it. Now I'd like throwing my money at the television screen. Like here, take it. Can I give you more money? How much <laughs> do you want, Tony? <laughs> I just had a really good thought. What was it? Oh, I hate to say it. Here's my controversial take for the episode, right? Kingston Mox needs, needs to be the main event needs to because and we'll talk about a little bit more with my predictions about the world title but i think the world title match is going to be short and so if you start a world title match 10 minutes before your pay-per-view ends that's a bad thing because people are like oh this is going to be an angle but if you say start the pay-per-view with your world title match have whatever may or may not happen in that match and then you end it with this continental classic i mean the story of this tournament has been the best thing on Dynam- on AEW since it's been on. Like, that's obvious, right? It's been the best thing. So it's been built up the most. And if you really want people to care about this Triple Crown, because I hate to say it, as much as I love this tournament, I still don't care about the championships. Like, I want Kingston to win the tournament because he's earned it in, like, his deliverance and his performance and just how good he is. He has earned his win. I, I just don't care about the championships. But if you want people to care, it kind of needs to main event. What do you guys think? Thoughts? Yeah, I think you put kind of hope. Oh, go ahead. Have they referred to the MJF Joe match as the main event? I don't in know. any I, capacity. I don't want to say no. Because whenever they go into the matches, I'm like, oh, I know about it. I don't really pay attention. 
Like I'll look yeah. at my phone or I'll check something else or I'll write my notes, make sure everything looks right. But I honestly don't know. If they haven't referred to it as the main event of World's End, you're definitely on to something right there. If MJF isn't re-signing with AEW, they're going to do that. We'll see. Supposedly he still hasn't. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, no, that's a great Speaking point. of um everyone out there, look forward to uh we're going to actually have a why MJF should stay with AEW video and a why MJF oh should jump ship and go to the WWE. Yeah. Um uh, we're going to try to give you uh two different uh uh, views on that, yeah. From uh, from an AEW fan, and then from a WWE fan. I'll be making my shill product tomorrow. It'll be out, so you'll be able to see five reasons why uh, MJF should go to WWE. Um, I hate to say it, I'm a little uh, wishy washy here. I'd love them. Be, I'd love them to be in both. Of course, that's never going to be the option. But if I had to pick, ooh, maybe you'll have to watch the video to find out. Mm-hmm. Possible yep, spoiler: yep. Is there going to be any Cody Rhodes mentions? You think? Do you think he's not going to be every other word? <laughs> well, Cody Rhodes, MJF, Cody Rhodes, would Cody Rhodes be Cody Rhodes in the Cody Rhodes Royal Rumble? Cody Rhodes, something, 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 something. CM Punk. <laughs> there it is. We got it. Thumbnail. Bingo. Oh, we did it for you, Larry. Uh, anyway, um, so we finally get our little uh, Lexi Nair backstage with uh, Christian Cage, Nick Wayne, and I like the new name, Mama Wayne. I think that is the way to go. Perfect, perfect uh, branding right there. Um, Adam Copeland just shows up and uh, attacks Nick Wayne and Christian Cage. They go into the hallway. They get broken up by the uh, lower card locker room. Uh, yeah, they kind of Copeland gets free, but the the locker room breaks them up again. Uh, nothing really happened, but it just kind of fueled that blood feud. Like starting to feel a little more real and a little more. It isn't what I wanted it to be though. Fully like the the feeling like. It should feel more, shouldn't it? Oh, yeah. This should I be a bigger more deal. More interaction, more of a slow burn, more more blood feud feel. Like this been what? Like two interactions, three? I think again with this Continental Classic, I not me. I'm not a I'm no booker, but I feel like you could have sprinkled a, a few more story beats throughout the weeks, but apparently they didn't. So I'm sure they're like, oh, we just got to cram it in. This feels very much like a WWE style story where the go home angle is they just get into a big brawl and they're separated by the lower card. My favorite part about this segment was looking through and being like, oh, who can I find? Who can I find? Like, who do I recognize? Uh, Keith David was there, which is interesting because I don't think he signed with AEW. And also the Von Eriks were there, which I also was interesting because I didn't think they were signed with AEW. But... 
I see what you guys are saying where you guys wanted this to be a little bit more. And I feel that I think I was so like that Christian cage segment on collision was the best and worst thing I've ever seen. Like Shayna Wayne is on her way to being the next Dominic Mysterio. That's my big, bold prediction for 2024. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm satiated. I am satisfied with this feud for right now, but I, I see where you guys are at, where you guys wanted a little bit more. I get that. So speaking of predictions, uh, I should probably save this for the predictions episode, but it just popped into my head and I'll probably forget it by then. Do you think this match will be better than the greatest match ever with uh, Edge and um, Randy Orton? I never saw that match. I hope so. It was kind of a sleeper. (laughs) Well, like you don't call anything the greatest wrestling match any ever. Like, I'm sure when Omega and Okada were having their feud, then none of those were the greatest match ever. They just had their matches. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I hope so. That's my answer is I hope so. Um, yeah. Um, I did like, too, how the brawl happened backstage. That was kind of refreshing to me to get away from the ring brawl. Uh. Yeah, I don't know what that was or, you know, what about that really I liked, but uh, a little different. different. Variety is the spice of life. True. Um, Cool, yeah. After that, we get a uh, the one women's match of the night. I didn't think it was going to happen. I was shocked when Chris Statlander locked out. Yeah, I was kind of wondering too what was going on uh statlander versus sky blue or sky black um we get stokely hathaway on commentary he seems to be uh interested in statlander uh some capacity maybe he wants to form a women's faction or something like that be her manager um chandler were you familiar with him in nxt at all or not i'm at all. familiar with his work on twitter where he's very funny but i didn't even know yeah 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 NXT, so no gotcha um yeah we get a uh, really cool tiaris into a cartwheel um from statlander uh sky blue tries to do a tiaris but statlander just cartwheels out of it really loved that um we get a delayed vertical suplex to sky blue uh roll through deadlift german suplex to sky blue for a two count from statlander uh sky hits a code blue um looked pretty good uh but statlander kicked out at two um julia ended up creeping out from under the ring and hit statlander while uh she was up on the turnbuckle uh sky does a this is really cool an avalanche code blue for the win uh yeah that was a really cool uh like what else do you do like you take your move and you avalanche it (laughs) if you don't get it the first time uh yeah 
we get Julia and Sky Blue jumping Statlander after the match. Willow comes out to uh, fight Julia and Sky Blue. Uh, Sky Blue and Julia end up uh, meandering up the ramp, but behind them, uh, we get Abaddon lurking, uh, looking pissed off and ready to go. Um, yeah, that'll that'll be a fun match. I'm glad they're giving Abaddon a little bit of a, a little bit of a shine here. Um, I think they could really turn her character into something special if they let it breathe and give it some direction. Um, yeah, I'm into that dark kind of stuff zombie they don't stuff that much so. time for the women's division come on we should be thankful that sky blue has had so much change yeah, yeah. as much as i would i'd love like new gimmicks for these people but um i gotta get my hopes up it doesn't even happen for the men's and they get like 80 percent, like 95 percent of the show but for, for what this match was, like it kind of did feel like just a token women's match, just to slot it on. Uh, I thought they did really good because I was like not brain dead, but I was like, whew, I need a break after those Danielson Kingston and then the triple threat. Like I was not ready for another match. And then uh, Chris Sandler hit like a beautiful deadlift uh, suplex for onto Sky Blue. And I was like, oh, okay, I need to, I need to be into this match because this is going to be good too. Uh, like you said, the... Like both of the code blues look great. Uh, there was a bit where uh, Chris Statlander had her up for a power bomb, and then Sky Blue rolled through it. And then Chris Stanner was like, "Well, I want to do that power bomb," so she just powered through it and did another power bomb. Like I thought that was really fun, and it was interesting how on commentary they said like, "Ooh, Chris Statlander hasn't been pinned in 19 months," and I was like, "Oh, I wonder if they're gonna pin her in this then," because that's just an interesting thing to throw out there. And I was like. No, there's no reason to. And then Julia came out and hit her with the title, and I was like, oh, they are. Hell yeah. Um, it's a small bit, but I actually really liked that because oftentimes when you have a new champ and their underling, it's always the underling helping the champ. But this was, oh, the champ came out and helped you win your match. Like, it's a little bit more than just protecting the title for the champion. They're looking out for each other. So it was small, but I liked it. What did you think, Chad? Yeah, I'm interested to see where this goes. Um, kind of like you mentioned, uh, the highs of the previous matches kind of, ha I had a hard time getting into it, but the last like two to three minutes of that match, I was I was fired up for. Like they really kind of ramped it up to a pretty uh, pretty uh, urgent finish. Um, and I, I, I'm curious to see where some of this goes. Like... Uh, Julie and Sky have this thing going on, but Sky's not really part of the House of Black. Will she join? Or are they just going to be their own weird side thing, but she's still part of the House of Black? And uh, I don't know. It's all really interesting to me. Uh, I hope I hope they develop it more and we get to see more of it and occasionally maybe get uh, more than one women's segment on the show, like we did that one collision back in the day. Uh, the uh, Abaddon stuff, I was happy she came out, but it also felt weird. She was kind of on top of the ramp, sort of doing her like 
animation. She felt like an NPC in a video game that was just sort of stuck in that one spot doing the same motion over and over again. And I was like, this is kind of awkward and weird. They just kind of were like, all right, I guess we're just going to go off to the side and go up the, uh, up out this way now. Yeah. The ending was a little clunky. I wish like maybe the three women all clamored together and beat down the two spooky women and then, you know, get to the pay-per-view and the spooky women win. But it was just a little bit awkward in how it was presented, but I'm still looking forward to the pay-per-view. Didn't kill any interest. Oh, and then uh, the the following uh, little uh, promo segment after this uh, had some weirdness too with uh, the knife and all that, but I'm sure Dave's probably going to kick us off into that. Well, and, was... and does that signify the actual end of QTV? Was that where we... Well, he's gone. I he's know, but, but everybody's off doing their own other things now. Gone too soon. Uh, real quick, speaking of uh, another longtime AEW talent, uh, you hear about Sean Spears? Yeah, mm. yeah, I, I read his gone. tweet today, J- January first. Really? That kind of bums me out. I thought maybe he they could have really done something with him. I thought he was going to be the devil. <laughs> Not I thought he could have been part of the the Dumpling Gang. What if he was uh, and like, ah, oh, shit. We were going to do with the devil, man. Why are you leaving? You've seen these segments, right? Man, I really thought he was going to be something big when he hit Cody with that unprotected chair shot <laughs> well, people, uh, early people on. Thought, people I felt think the it was... Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say people kind of felt the same way in WWE too, because he had his 10 gimmick and he was really over. And then like one time he came out in the Royal Rumble at 10 and people were like, whoa, this is crazy. And then it was like that was just his gimmick was 10. And WWE had no intentions with doing anything more. So they're like, all right. Who intentions? And so he went to AEW. And I remember at the beginning he was a big guy, but I think just with all the other talent they had, they're like, well, we could push Sean Spears or we could push Adam Cole. Uh, I think the downfall for him was when he put Tully's face on his boxers. Downfall for anyone. I thought it was a part of his male genitalia coming out on a pay-per-view <laughs> literally live broadcast like lump of like something in the crotch area i was like no no but i was like okay it's only tully blanchard's face <laughs> that makes it better <laughs> makes it much better <laughs> um but yeah um <laughs> after the uh Statlander Sky Blue match. We get uh Renee backstage with Ruby Soho and Soraya. Um Soraya says Ruby's birthday is coming up and she's got another gift for her. It's uh I think she's gonna be her assistant, maybe. It's uh Harley Cameron. Uh she's uh Soraya's like, oh, we have to show you what we've been working on and she pulls out a knife hectically and neurotically. I laughed my ass off when that. I don't know why it happened, but it needed to happen, and it was funny. 
So I don't really need to know why it happened. Does that make sense? <laughs> I kind of do, but I get where you're coming from, Dave. I, I, I do want to know where they're going with this, but because <laughs> I literally um, great. I wrote down who is this? And by the time I looked back up, she had a knife and I was like, a knife? Like, what's going <laughs> on, guys? What is this? And then Sarah's like, like, she kind of knows sort of. She's like, oh no, no, not that one. We'll be back next week, Renee, okay? And I was just like, all right, that's it. That was the segment. We're like 10 minutes away and we still don't have the main event. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Soraya is okay with Angelo Parker now. She's like, oh, I like that guy or whatever. So, okay. I don't know. Something happened on Rampage, Dave. Okay, just believe Things are happening. Things happen. but, But then it makes the rest of us confused just watch more <laughs> wrestling god damn it just watch more i don't have yeah, time not... watch ring of honor watch rampage why aren't watch tna exactly. i really want to watch tna i'm gonna get the tna thing the app you should i'm i'm gonna do it man like i was into tna for a, a cup of tea a cup of coffee for a little bit and i think i'm i think i'm ready to what better time a relaunch of a company hey um if yeah. there are if there are any tna fans and i'm not talking about test and albert make sure to leave it down in the comments section down below what you're most excited about with the tna rebrand yeah i just wanted yeah, to see think... test and albert on, on stream <laughs> uh yeah yeah um I yeah, I think it'll be a good thing. I think they're gonna really improve their product. The word on the street, they're gonna go to larger, larger um venues. And uh yeah, uh maybe even sign some bigger talent, possibly too. They're already kind of bragging about signing the biggest uh uh signing they've ever signed. And uh, yeah, so I think Maybe I'm gonna. Who do we think it is? Any ideas? Is it Okada? Ooh, don't know, don't know. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler. Um... <laughs> Which I hate to say, um... it, saying Dolph Ziggler is bigger than like Kurt Angle or Sting or little sacrilegious. <laughs> uh yeah 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 so let's see uh yeah it was kind of weird how early things were wrapping up with no time left for the main event i kind of got a little a little worried about that but uh they did announce the uh sting darby jericho guevara versus hobbs uh fletcher starks and big bill um and i wrote down here no ftr match but uh espn and pwi voted them tag team of the year uh congratulations ftr um i think they definitely earned that uh i can't think of another aew tag team or wwe tag team that what do you got chandler 
Usos were pretty good this year. If they didn't break didn't. up, I would I I think they would probably be better than FTR because no man. Jay pinned a guy who has been pinned since 2019 in a tag team match. Essentially what they proved is that the Usos are such a good tag team that they can beat an unbeatable guy and his best henchman, which is that's basically happened in the money of the main pay-per-view. But I think FTR is a good shout. They're always a great shout. Yeah. And I think if uh, Sammy and uh, Kevin could have uh, been kept together longer too, they could have probably been in the conversation. Yeah. Uh, if, yeah. I, I was a little sad when they lost their titles, but it had to happen eventually. Um, Wait, why was it MJF uh, and Adam Cole tag team of the year? Better than you, baby. Come on. Um, I think I came across uh, Sami Zayn came back, but immediately got injured. Do you hear anything about that? Um. Well, uh, WWE is kind of off right now because they gave they didn't have a RAW. Um, he was back. Like he he has been back. He would just you know kind of hung around after Survivor Series, I think, and then um. He's taking some time off for the holidays. I'm like just resting up. So I don't think it's anything egregious. I don't think he's actually injured. I think he just wanted a little extra time off for the holidays. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. After that, we finally get to our main event. Um, Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship match. MJF and Samoa Joe versus uh devil dumpling one and devil dumpling two um looks like uh they showed joe is hurt on the big screen clutching his knee in the back uh, mjf wants to to do the match anyway uh mjf goes after the mask of one of the dumplings uh a third dumpling comes out from under the ring and hits MJF with a, it was a pipe, right? Something. Um, another dumpling does the heat seeker to MJF uh, for the win. Uh, they win the ROH tag titles. Finally! He doesn't have them. <laughs> it couldn't have been the guns, but it's these guys. Thank goodness. Do you guys miss the guns like I do? Oh, I do. I miss them so much. I want my boys. Apparently they were on Rampage. Not that much. Did you hear <laughs> about that match? No, what happened? It was... Man, I might have to look it up, but Scotty Too Hottie was in the match. What? What's he Didn't doing? Did you hear about it? No. Did he do um... the guard? <laughs> I wish, man. Uh, isn't that a trip that, uh, the other, the other guy, uh, not Scotty too hottie, uh, what was his tag team partner forever? Grandmaster Sexay? Is that who Yeah, he he's Jerry the King Lawler's son. I didn't uh, know that for a long time. He passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he passed away. Um, but yeah, apparently he had a match. Um, 
impromptu on Rampage. Let's see. Uh, he faced... Sorry. While you're looking that up, I'll, I'll kind of talk about this match a little bit, how I felt about it. Um, I mean, I don't know. There's a, like I listened to another podcast about this show, and one thing they talked about was, oh, this match was really short. It was great. I was like, yeah, but MGF is injured, guys, like legit injured. So, like, let's just break kayfabe here. He can't really put on a match. So... Like, I'm fine with these matches being slow. And again, now I've kind of been talking about it a lot. I'll, I'll say it here. I think that MJF and Samoa Joe should open the show. And Joe should just clobber him in five minutes. Like, two minutes. Because not only is Joe at great health and he's Samoa Joe, MJF is injured. And Joe potentially now has, spoilers, all of the Devil Dumpling gang behind him. So it, it's getting to a point where it'd be like it would be jumping the shark if MGF retains. That's kind of how I feel right now. If MGF somehow beats the odds here, I think I would kind of like buy out. Like I, mm, I'd kind of stop buying into it. Yeah. Um. So after uh, they beat MJF with the Heat Seeker, um, let's see, the Dumplings beat down MJF, but Joe comes to the ring limping. He looked uh, great. Like the look in his eyes, he looked like a madman. I was like, that's my Joe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Dumplings scatter and Joe picks up MJF. Uh, the devil appears on the big screen and the words pleasure doing business with you appear on the big screen. Uh, Joe uh, <laughs> cocks his head and changes his entire expression, uh, hits MJF with the chair and gives MJF the muscle buster. Woo! Talk about that go home heat, baby. Uh, gosh, yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, yeah, cool stuff. There, Joe's got to beat him quick. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad they revealed that Joe is working with them, not under a mask or anything stupid like that. I just like that he's working with them, and I think this yeah. almost confirms that Adam Cole is the devil. Because Adam Cole was the one pushing for Max to pick Samoa Joe, and look at how much, like, look at how bad that's gone out. Now they could have just forgotten about that, but I'm gonna say they didn't. And um, I, I think um, I'm giving up. I think Jack Perry pinned Max tonight. That's my prediction. Is Max Perry or Jack Perry was the one who hit the Heat Seeker? And I think the reason why it was a Heat Seeker was was like. If you hit him with an AA, you're like, oh, fuck, that's John Cena. Or if you hit him with a one-winged angel, you're like, oh, that's Kenny Omega. But he hit him with MJF's move. So it's like, oh, well, it's not fucking MJF. Sorry. Not flipping MJF. Who could it be? But how do you guys feel about this uh, closing segment? Are you more hyped, less hyped? Medium. Man, that go-home math really messed with me, though. Mm Mm-hmm. 
No, I think Chandler's like, analysis is pretty good, which is if he's hurt, he can't have a real match. He, I mean, Joe's a good dude to, li- to lose it to. Like, a lot of people have lost to Joe. He's a friggin' animal. <laughs> well, especially with all of this potential Devil Dumpling gang with Joe, it's like, how does, like, genuinely, how does Max walk out of that? Yeah, man, we're we're gonna get uh, potentially MJF losing the title and leaving AEW. Oh, gosh, yeah. I don't want him to leave, but I want him to be happy. <laughs> well, he's young; he could come back. He could work like a quick three-year deal with WWE, and then be like. AEW was better. I got to call people marks and say the F word sometimes. So I'm going to go back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, it'll be uh, cool to uh, watch your video versus my video uh, because we didn't talk about what our reasons are, which is kind of cool. So Mm -hmm. it'll kind of be a... I think I need like one more to like sell it, but I, I like my reasons. I'm going to keep them secret. You got to watch them tomorrow, but. Yep. Yep. Cool. All right. Yeah. Great episode of dynamite. Uh, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. Not too much going on in the news. Um, Quiet time of the year. Any highs and lows for the episode for the night? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Did you uh do you want to go first? I think my high was just Eddie Kingston. It's just Eddie. He's so good. He is I want him to win. I think he needs to win. Like this whole tournament was for him. Um least favorite, my low. I don't know. There was like really long gaps between the matches, like really long gaps, and I know I think it's just the story progression. It was like way too much cramming and oh we need to book this match. Oh we need to book this match. Oh we need to like we need to book five different angles to get an eight man tag on the pay-per-view. Like I don't think it needs to be that complicated, but we got there in the end. All in all, it was a good episode. What uh, what about you two? Mm-hmm. Uh, high point, I guess uh the Moxley Kingston promo, Kingston specifically. Uh, that part of the promo, uh, snatching the mic from him. Uh, I'm not your young boy, bitch, like Yuda, like just talk down to him. Uh, you're lucky I let you breathe, like that. All that stuff was gold, man. The king of the bums, yeah, loved it all. Um, low point, uh, Maybe how rushed together the Guevara, Sting, Darby, all that stuff came to be. Uh, They could have let that breathe a little bit over a few more weeks. Um, But yeah, maybe they had no choice and had to pull something together real quick. Who knows? Uh, But yeah, how about you, Chad? Uh, So I'm going to pull out all the Continental Classic stuff because that stuff's like S tier and you guys kind of already talked about that. 
So uh, uh, for my high point, I'm going to throw out Roddy. His mustache, his crazy conspiracies, the board. That is sports entertainment and goofy wrestling stuff for me, man. That stuff was like, that's the type of goofy wrestling stuff I love. Uh, and yet again, that mustache was epic. Uh, I might get rid of the glorious beard and just go down to the mustache in honor of Roddy. Yes. Maybe that'll wow. be my punishment that's if we... Uh, You're next strong, aren't yeah. you? My goodness. Uh, I, I've already been eyeing up the uh, the the Kingdom's t-shirt. Punch him in the wiener, give him a pile driver. So, uh, yeah. But yeah. So, uh, yeah, Roddy was my high. And my low was the Mariah May segment. It just kind of put me to sleep. Wasn't great. It's kind of slow, kind of awkward. The AEW fan base hasn't attached to her yet. They will. Well, they haven't. Like, to oh, be fair, will. they haven't seen her wrestle, so yeah. I, I don't really yeah. blame them. Like, she hasn't really cut. She's talked, but she hasn't been able to cut a promo. So we don't really know. Like her on the she, mic. She's like I can tell she's talented. She has like star power. She just hasn't done anything yet. And that's not her fault. And I don't even think it's a bad thing per se. They're just kind of like waiting. But I do agree the the segment was a little not great. As much as I love Tony Storm, yeah. she wasn't. But also the placement, like you know, it was after like really hot match, and then the swerve segment after the match, and then into that, like you know, it's it's like that thing on the pay per view when you get like kind of that like one middle of the road middle of the show match, like swerve and hangman on the last one you know who whoever comes after that it's like uh, this is probably the bathroom break and the merch stand break because you're telling me golden jets and young bucks didn't claim that back i thought like (laughs) it was better than the death match why is jericho always the bathroom match because he (laughs) sucks you didn't hear that from me Okay. Uh, have you heard man. have you heard his Chris Van Fleet uh interview? Yeah. It angers me so much because he's like the one like, he just did. Yeah. About uh CM Punk and the NDA stuff. I don't remember anything about that, but it was like specifically the question I remember is Chris was like, like, how are you still able to do this? Like you're such a good guy, you're such a good wrestler. Like, how are you still able to do it? And Chris was like, you know what, man, like People are just jealous that I can still go out there on most nights and have a match of the night. I'm like, when's the last time you had a match of the night, Jericho? Like, honestly, when is the last time? Maybe all in? Like, but that was Osprey. That was Osprey, not you. So, and like, again, I, I'm pretty negative on Jericho. I still like the guy. I think he's a like uber talented. He's done so much for this industry, but... I just don't like how he's one of the top guys. He should be like Sting, where he kind of comes around a little bit, and they're like, oh, it's Sting, yay! And he might be the Outrunners, but no one's really going to be sad if the Outrunners lose. I'm going to be sad if... Okay. Love the Outrunners. I hate you so yes, much definitely. now. You have heat with me. Oh, God. Oh, no. Grapple sauce implodes. <laughs> We're already doing a Civil War! Um, what was I saying? I, I just, like... You got to compare the two, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of fun stuff going on. Overall, with AEW, I'm liking, uh, you know, most of every storyline going on. Uh, 
there's nothing I hate. Uh, they've they've taken Ric Flair out of the equation <laughs> for now. Um, we haven't seen the paper yet. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be like yeah, Jericho I'm... and Flair pitting Starks. That's gonna be the end of the match. I'm gonna throw up. I'm gonna throw up on my computer. <laughs> if Ric Flair touches Ricky Starks, I'm out. I quit this podcast. I quit YouTube. I quit wrestling. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go like get into books or something. Ooh, I know. Take. I don't want bad to. Take. These oh, are the stakes you have, Tony Khan. You'll lose one of your fans. You know what to do. You know what to do. Cool. All right. Well, that about does it, huh, gentlemen? Yep, yep, yep. Cool. All right, everyone out there in YouTube world, uh, thank you for watching. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, and likey-poo. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, thank you for watching and uh, look forward to watching our World's End prediction video and five reasons why MJF, MJF should stay with AEW and five reasons why he should go to the WWE. Cool. That's all we got. Thank you and have a good one. Bye. Peace. Bye bye. <laughs>